Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Hey, I'm TJ Majors, spotter of the 22 Cup car in the 25 truck this week, and laughing next to me. Brett Griffin, spotter Clint Boyer. You're red. Elliot Sadler, <laughs> Maya Snyder. Last week, What's Harrison new? Burton. I got red because of something Casey said. What'd she, you say, Casey? She embarrassed me. <laughs> Well, that's hard to do, so. I know. She made me embarrassed. I was wow. so hard I don't remember what <laughs> oh. Everybody was in here clapping. <laughs> yeah, these can't. And oh, then he said something about no. the clap, and it was yeah. Jason said something name. about he wants to clap. Uh, <laughs> oh, just so we know, this is a great way to kick off the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jason's a high school and they, kickball champ. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Uh, All-star gonna... something. All-star. All-star. Yeah. So all the high school sports. Things we didn't know. Yeah, I so, know. So TJ and I learned last week that all the Ford drivers went to a that thing. I don't a know thing. if we can say exactly yeah. what thing yeah, it was. A thing. But it was all the Ford drivers at one thing and they had a big kickball game and apparently some drivers are a lot better at kicking balls <laughs> than other drivers. You think they should have invited that one guy. They got in a fight a few years ago. And, Which guy? And kicked the guy. Who? Which guy? Brian Scott? No, yeah, Brian Scott's the guy that got oh. kicked. Nelson PK? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, oh, I forgot about that. Ooh. He kicked the Nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> like he, man. I'm gonna tell you what. There's a lot of man codes when you fight, <laughs> but the number one man code is you do not kick the Nuggets. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> I'd love to know what these other man codes are. That Nelson PK one is. Have you? Did you see the video? No, of that? I don't remember. Uh, they were in a road course look. somewhere. Yeah, they were. How does that? How do you even and this get is, to the and position? And this is a true story. So his well, dad was standing an F1 up. driver, and okay. his dad they had video of his dad like thirty years prior doing the same kick to the same spot. And I mean, guys watching Ooh. this are just like, "Oh no, he didn't! You yeah. can't do that!" But he no. did. He did it. Yeah. The man could. I'm glad TJ remember that. Uh, yeah, kickball. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> <Pearl>. Literally. <Kickballs. laughs> oh man. Okay. So, so anyway, uh, so what'd you what'd you do this weekend? Anything fun? Now, ran third in the truck race, which was a good run. That was fun. Yeah. And then, um, obviously, I had to start in the back with a whole bunch of us, and we uh, went down on turn one and had a gentleman stop almost in front of us and nowhere to really go, so we bumped him and put a nice hole in our nose. Who was it? One of those slower cars? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, and just, that's part of being back there. That thing, that's the type of stuff that can happen. You, you're trying to get all you can get because you want to be a certain distance from the leader if you can to pit and not lose a lap at a certain time. So you got to get all you can get. Um, Pocono, too. Once you single out there, it's hard to pass. So a um, little bit of bad luck there. and um, Great weather. Yeah, Pocono had awesome weather. Uh, except for the Arca race. Yeah. yeah, the Arca race got shortened, but I didn't have anything to do with that. So Did you do the Arca race? No. Man, so it was literally lightning outside the tunnel. And oh. and you were like, uh, can we hurry up and get this in or out or something? So you're like you're yeah, in a prime yeah. spot too for yeah. strikes. But it's hard to you know it's hard to spot those races because you're anticipating that it's going to rain, anticipating they're going to delay it. So it's really hard to stay in the frame of mind of. I mean, I hate to say it's hard to stay focused, but you're you're distracted by lightning strikes and by rain that you see behind you and by what your crew chief is mm-hmm. is saying he's seeing on the radar. So it's hard to to yeah. keep up with all that as spotters. You know, I'm not saying the drivers. Pocono, are you struggling. can see it coming too. You can normally see the rain coming in, 
Um, you can also that, that we had the fog the one time. You could see that coming too, and it was like, uh, yeah. is this the end of the world coming? Yeah, um, it rolls in. It's crazy. Anyway, TJ's but, in a hurry, so we probably need to start this show. He's got to go yeah, home and babysit again. I got to babysit. All right, we'll cut our BS short. Well, that's, first of all, we got started late because of Dale Junior. So, again, oh, yeah, again. He, here he goes. So we can blame him. Yeah, blame Junior. He's yeah, kind of a big deal, though. Yeah, I think he's yeah. kind of important. I've and seen it, him more in the past two weeks than I've seen him in the past. That's few what years. I, I tell everybody that too. That, and he like a you know loud, and he had an hour break. He come and hang out with hung out with us for an hour. You know, I've seen him walk up to other spotters and be like, "Hey, you know, hey, Andy Houston, how you doing? I haven't seen you in a long time. How you doing, man?" Yeah, yeah. it's like, dang. Man. He just told me something about you. He said oh, that really? he gave you. Yeah, he said I gave TJ uh, a nugget. On, on some on some rumors on some silly season stuff. We probably talked about today then. He, well, he said, just said that you gave him. No, no, no. He, no, no, he gave. He told me. Yes, he so told you, you but, but he told now. me that you wouldn't tell him your rumor back. That you told yeah. him you'd tell yeah. him later. So why'd yeah. you play that game? Just to mess with him. Tell him now. Yeah. Yeah. Please share. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> anyway, uh, did the rumor that he tell you have something to do with this shop? No. No. Because there's something going on here, too, I think. What no. the heck? Why are we so out of this? Brett's going to be in the car next year. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's Brent coming. Rumor season's getting ready to really pick up. Yeah. So Remember, we break the news here, so bring yeah. your rumors. Yeah. We got to yeah. make sure we know what we're talking about, though. Yes. Yeah. That's that's always good. That's the key. Yes. So Not next to, week, you'll know what maybe. you're Maybe. We'll see how the dominoes fall here. Yeah. Well, there's some news coming out of this shop in the next couple of days, I think. Oh, oh so, wow. Well, if that's that soon, then. I think, I think TJ's going to really be happy about it. Oh. I can't tell you what it is. Well, if you tell me what yours is, I'll tell you what mine is. That sounds like it. <laughs> sounds you like go it. first. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You go first. <laughs> All right, let's go. Okay. Uh, spot on, spot off. Bubba Wallace suffers a hard crash in turn one and walks away. Brett. I can honestly say I didn't see this wreck until after it happened. Uh, I did, however, see the replays. And I look back at post Dale Earnhardt crash in Daytona in 2001 and say it's those advancements that kept Bubba alive. That crash is a crash that absolutely could have killed him. You know I mean? He's hitting the wall potentially at 190 plus miles an hour. He hit at a very flush side angle, which can easily do a lot of bad things to your spinal cord, to your neck and, and to your head. Obviously any, there's a, there's a room, rumor, uh, a rule of thumb in NASCAR that if your hand can reach it in the car, when you hit and you pull all those G's and your body flexes, your head can hit it. So obviously NASCAR, the seat, the Hans device, the safer barrier. Uh, I saw that he actually cracked the concrete wall on the other side of the safer barrier. So yeah. spot on for every single moving part and piece to this because we could have lost Bubba Wallace yesterday. Yeah, yeah I don't. Um, I saw it. I saw the. I didn't see him turn down there, but I saw him in the grass coming up at a. Because we were coming down the front stretch, we were about halfway down. So I looked up there and I'm like, "Oh, it, am I seeing this?" And uh, it was scary looking. And I told Joey, I said, "You know, check up." I was almost telling him to stop so we could get safety vehicles out there. You know how they're always NASCAR wants you to be, you know, slow your cars down so they can roll safety equipment. I almost had Joey stop, but we were a little too close to it. We had to go buy it. Um, but yeah, you know, it was really good to see him drop the window net and get out of that car and walk away, did which they, says a lot. Did they say like, what was it? Brakes or yeah, his yeah, brakes went away. Yeah. And I, you know, it's ha so hard to make yourself like, I was always wondering why people, when you lose brakes there, just stay against the wall. I think he had already turned down in. I, I certainly understand what you're I saying. I was earlier than that. But, but it looked like on the replay, man, that he had started turning down the corner and breaking. And that's when he realized I'm in trouble. Yeah. Because your instinct would be to get away from the wall. But the further you get away from the wall, the harder you're going to end up actually hitting the wall. If yeah. you can hang it right and let the wall scrub off your speed, the impact is going to be a lot less violent. But you're talking about a guy in his low 20s, uh, pretty inexperienced in a cup car, running 200 miles an hour in a yeah. split-second yeah. decision. And it's the opposite of what you would normally do. Opposite. It's the opposite. When you when you you don't aim for a wall normally, you're not like, oh, God, something's going to happen. I'm going to hit the wall. Right. Um, you know, you don't, it's the opposite of what you want to do. He was still going straight. He turned so low and so early into the corner that it was like, he almost hit stuff on the inside. He like, was trying to scrub off speed yeah. that way. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, and it's the opposite. And I don't blame him because I've, I've, honestly, I don't think I've ever seen anybody just turn for the wall and try to hit it. You always try to avoid any contact you can. So, I, I, um, and just a scary, scary moment. Yeah, for you know, sure. For all of us, because we're, we're used to, 
I mean, I hate to say we've, we've become immune to the dangers of the sport because right. we certainly haven't. I mean, we saw Kyle break his legs, Denny break his back, uh, Brad break his leg at a, at a road course test. So, I mean, we know that these guys can still get hurt. But for that 30 seconds where he wasn't putting that net down, you're, you're getting nauseated. You're gasping for well, air. When he went to go get out of the car and he slowed down, I mean, it was yeah. it was scary. Yeah. Yeah. It was good to see him get out, though. Yeah. yeah. Freddie Kraft, his spotter, is uh, supposed to be on our, our show next week as a guest. I know he's a good friend of oh, y'all's. Oh, perfect. Uh, I wish he was coming on today, though, because obviously next week we can, we can ask him about it. pause and, like, restart. But it while it's hot, man, it would have been cool to have him on today. But I walked down to Freddie, and I was like, man, is he all right? Yeah. He's like... Freddie's texting somebody, which I don't know if that's, you know, Amanda, uh, Bubba's girlfriend yep. or his mom or his dad or whoever. But Freddie was shaking while he was texting them. I mean, that's a scary feeling. And, and, and look, we all care about our drivers, but there are a few of us that have a really special relationship with our guy. Freddie's one of those guys. He's been spotting for Bubba his entire career in stock cars. So I know that scared the out of Freddie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 13 cars fail post-qualifying inspection and started Sunday's race at the rear. Spot on, spot off, TJ. Uh, I mean, I'm not really – I don't like starting in the rear because we were one of the cars. But yep. I think this is the – this is when they started the other deal, people were barely making it through tech before qualifying. And then everybody kind of learned the tricks of the trade and got everyone starts making it through now. We don't really have any issues before qualifying now. Everyone pretty much makes it through. Um, I think with the two-day shows, it's still kind of new. And if they're teching after instead of before, you know, we're still learning. You're still trying to get all you can get and still qualify and make tech afterwards. And I think it's a product of that. I think it'll get better and better as we do more of them. Um, I don't – this next weekend might not be uh, as the road course stuff. So, um, But I think it's just a – you know, everyone's got to learn what can we do to do, what can we get away with, what can we do here, what can we do there, and, and uh, stuff like that. 13 cars fell post-race tech, and we send them all to the rear. We did not let them keep their starting positions. Spot off. If this had been post-race and the pole sitter or the race winner had won the race and fell tech, he still would be the race winner on paper. So... It's kind of like, which which one are we going to do here? Are we going to let you get the pole, fail tech, go to the rear? If you're going to win the race, fail tech, keep the win. Like, I see some, I see it some, a lot. Of, yep. I mean, give, well, the guy, just, give the guy a penalty, let him keep the, pull, yeah. the pole. If, if we're going to do it that way, right? right? Because it's the same thing. The, the, the post-race tech fail, to me, is a lot more important than the post-race, the post-qualifying tech fail. There's a lot of words in here we're trying to manage. But I would just say... Let's figure out a way to make it all make sense. Because to me, it doesn't make sense for the pole sitter to be sent to the rear for failing tech. But the race winner keep the win yeah. for failing tech. I definitely think that, you know, if you don't clear tech, then you don't start where you do. There's so much advantage to your starting position now. If you're in the top, it's a huge difference from 5th to, to 30th. I can tell you that. The, so The majority of these guys failed because of their body going through tech. So what happened was we did our first practice. Then they tech the cars before second practice. After second practice, we went straight into qualifying. After qualifying, they tech them again before the race was going to start the next day. So like TJ said, a really weird schedule for us. We're not used to this. But from whatever they did between the first and second practice to pass and then to qualify and to fail, obviously there's a lot of guys uh, with some body stuff that I guess NASCAR didn't like. Kyle Busch ties Tony Stewart at 49 cup wins on Sunday and then ties Ron Hornaday with 51 truck wins <laughs> on Saturday. Good job, Kyle. Next. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we know how he feels about that one. TJ Good job, Kyle. Kyle. Man, here, here was the most interesting stat that I saw this weekend is that Kyle is 33 years old and has tied Ron Hornaday. And Ron Hornaday's first truck race ever was at 36 years old. So I think it's really, uh, really cool. Ron Hornaday's a Hall of Famer. You know, so we know that Kyle Busch is a future Hall of Famer with the amount of wins that he's had across all three series. I don't know how you could spot off this. I had no idea that he was already approaching a Tony Stewart, you know, level of, of accomplishment because I didn't either. I thought and I think Tony is the best race car driver to ever live across all platforms of racing. You know, so for Kyle to be able to tie him in stock cars and in a cup car is a pretty damn big accomplishment. Yeah, I didn't know he was that close to Tony. Um you know, and the whole the whole Hornaday thing is kind of is kind of weird. That shows you how the truck series originally started. When it started, it was nothing but guys that were that age, really. You know, mid thirties and up. It was like a it was a place to go when when you know they were out of the Cup Series or you know 
Um, it was kind of like our senior tour. Yeah, it was. But it was awesome, too. Yeah. Because those guys would rough each other up, and it's kind of swung another direction. Now it's the opposite. Now that's where you go in the beginning. You know, now that's where all the young guys go. That's where the... That's where you run your first race in, like uh, like Gillen. Uh, that's where you go in your first legal for NASCAR, NASCAR deal. You run that. So, um, you know, I don't. It's kind of hard for me to compare the two when one started so late. You know, one started so late. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting for Kyle to for me to see if Kyle can continue to win in the Truck Series. You know, like Hornaday did from that point on. He did it in like half the starts too. Yeah. I respect Kyle Bush a lot. I think his talent yeah. is, is is crazy good. And he's he's a cool dude on and off the track. I'm I'm big fan of what NASCAR's done with the rules though to keep him out of that series as much as they have because it's yeah. important for those kids that are trying to develop their brand and win races to be able to do so. And let's face it, man, it's really hard to do it when that guy's out there. He yeah. wins a third yeah. of the freaking races well, that, that he's in. And you know, nothing you know, Kyle's obviously he's obviously a Great race car driver. I mean, super talented. We yeah. all know that. Yeah. Um, but it, it, the truck series now isn't. I think it's it's almost easier for him to go in there now than it was for Hornaday to win them back in the day. Yeah. When you were lining up back in the day, it was track champions, all stuff, and their equipment was a lot more equal than what what he's running with now. He runs in there and can run a lap at Pocono a second faster than the next guy. I mean, yeah. they were fourteen seconds in front of third place. His two trucks. Yeah. I mean that's. With two cup drivers in them. With two cup drivers in them. I mean, what, I mean, it's almost like stat padding. Yeah. You know, and and you it's know, cherry picking for sure. When Hornaday and them, I remember Hornaday and Sauter and them going and and Sprague and all them guys were door to door at places. I mean, roughing each other up and all this stuff for for wins back then. And he, you know, and you know, I believe Kyle is the type of guy that can go get an Indy car, Formula One car, and and be very successful still. Yeah. But right it's off just. The bat. Yeah, it's just a different era, and it doesn't – him winning the truck series doesn't do a lot for me personally. All right, Ross Chastain finishes P4 at Iowa and holds the final Xfinity Series playoff spot. Spot on, spot off, Brett. That's great for that team. You know, I mean, here's a here's a guy that obviously can drive race cars. I think TJ has alluded before that he feels like this guy deserves a shot in a little bit better equipment. For him to hold that final playoff spot over some names that – quite honestly, we feel like should probably be in the playoffs is is also a big accomplishment. But there's a lot of racing left at a lot of challenging tracks. Watkins Glen, Indianapolis, you know, the, the Xfinity playoff starts at Richmond. So between now and Richmond, there's a lot that can happen. I hope these guys realize the opportunity ahead of them and are putting all hands on deck for Ross Chastain and this entire team because it yeah. would be a huge accomplishment to see those guys be one of 12 in the Xfinity playoff. Yeah, and that, you know, Ross has been doing this Ross has been doing this before. He started doing this stuff in, in Bobby Dodder's trucks. He was taking a 20 25th place truck and running 12th with it. Yeah. Um, you know, then he got in Brad's stuff and started doing – he was doing fairly well. He had, you know, two or three poles out of four races, was running was running second, third, fourth to like Eric Jones, which we know what kind of equipment he was in then. Um, and it was doing really well. And then you just got out money for the, for the ride, which is – how it goes sometimes, but yep. he's been doing really well for, for quite a while. Lee Spencer reports the all-star restrictor pa- plate package could be used in 14 races next season. Spot on, spot off, TJ. Oh, man. TJ said he wanted to run it some. Yeah, I don't, you hey, said it. <laughs> I don't – my number was five or six times, not, not 14, but <laughs> a lot a more lot than five. You know, if that's – if this is what it's going to take – to, to like, I don't believe we need to run it at, at Auto or California. California is a great racetrack already. Um, there's there's places that I look at where I that I do think could use it. There's a lot of these tracks on this list that you have here that I do think could use it. Um, but California is not one. Some of these places, though, I mean, if it's going to make it fun and exciting. You mentioned pretty much all of these tracks when we last talked about it, except for uh, yeah, except for Fontana. Fontana. Yep. Yeah, I'm fine running it at Texas. Um, we don't move around a lot there already. There's, um, what else you got? Kansas. I don't think we need to run it at Kansas makes, has multiple grooves, moves around Chicago. We don't need to run it at, um, Michigan. Isn't that great of a race now? In my opinion, it's not that great of a race. Charlotte, we were all on our feet during the open. I mean, we're all on our toes watching into that race. Um, I'm not saying I want to do that all race long, but, (laughs) Uh, Kentucky could probably use some help, and Indy could obviously. Uh, we just need to run IRP. <laughs> I have a solution for Kentucky, but I won't bring it up because yeah. it might involve the United States Air Force. <laughs> Bulldozer. Uh, the, uh, I, I think this package is still 
in, in its development stages. Obviously, we talked about it first here on DBC that it was right. coming to the all-star race. TJ and I started hearing three weeks ago that it was going to be as many as 17 races that they were going to run this package. You know, Lee has brought out the fact that it could be 13 or 14 races. Looking at the ones that are proposed, the only one I really buy into is Michigan. The rest of these, I think, you know, we, we've relied on too many other things like PJ1 and, and sealers to try to make the racing better. I think we got to get back to tire wear, horsepower, but we're going the opposite way, so I guess we'll see what happens. I think you're going to see, and I said this to, to start with, with this package, you're going to see a lot of these older guys really rethink their contracts because they don't want to plate race every single weekend and pack race. And the reason is is because their fate of the race isn't in their hands. If one guy makes a mistake, it can take out the entire field. It's expensive to teams. But if it's exciting for fans and we can go out here and, and, and get some momentum with this, I'm, I'm all for it. So I hate to say I'm spot on and spot off, but I'm certainly spot off at some of these tracks that are proposed to do it. Indy, come on now. That's not a – you can't run too wide there. I don't care what no. you're driving. So you're trying to create some even kind sure of jockeying this, on straightaways. And I'm I don't not even sure this package is even going to do that at Indy, though. It's to the corners are flat. They're going to be tight behind each other in the corners. I don't even They're think it's going to – They're just going to run slower. It's just going to be – I don't think it's going to do a lot there. I'm just – the biggest challenge I have as, as a fan and as somebody who's watched a lot of – uh, things be said through the media, through our fan base, through NASCARs. We're talking about shortening races. If we're slowing the cars down, which is what this does by 30 miles an hour, we went from running 200 at Charlotte to 170. Well, now we're talking about longer races. So are you going to change the, the race lengths? And possibly more cautions. Oh, hands down. A lot more cautions. <laughs> so, I mean, again, I think you're talking about a three-and-a-half-hour race becoming a four-and-a-half, five-hour right. race, and I hope that there's some consideration in that. Let's take a break. TJ, One Main Financial's back. They're running their 2018 One Main Speedway sweepstakes. Say that fast three times. Uh, No, I can't do it. The winners will be flowing to North Carolina for the Roval Race Charlotte weekend. The Roval's going to be crazy, man. We tested there two weeks ago. TJ and I were blown away at, at how fast the cars go. And if you run off the track, you're hitting something, man. It's uh, <laughs> But you're not going to believe what all you're going to get. If, if I were going to come to Charlotte, I would definitely want to meet Dale Jr. and Elliot Sadler. We're going to give you that opportunity. But there's some other things, too. Yeah, there's a VIP treatment package during the cup race as well. Yeah, that's a lot of swag. I got some new swag today. Mike Davis gave me a Dirty Mo shirt. I, I see that. Did you get one? Finally. Can you take my shirt, Casey, and make it to wear those little things like look like tassels in the back? You know how girls do that? Hey, like, guess what? Guess what? Yeah. You know what the best part is? There's a ride-along with me. No. no. I'm just no. kidding, actually. You it's Dale Jr. You get to ride with Dale Jr. And if I'm a race fan, I want to ride with Dale Jr. But well, you've watched him race a lot. You may not want to ride with him. <laughs> <laughs> so go enter. Go enter at onemainfinancialomf.com backslash speedway sweeps. Complete the online form. Entries will be accepted through August 24th. No purchase necessary to enter the win. Void where prohibited. Subject to official rules at onemainracing.com backslash official dash rules. You must be 21 to enter. This is your Exalta Race Center update. I'm Matthew Dillner. You can easily rename Pocono NASCAR weekend to the Kyle Busch Show. In truck series action on Saturday, Kyle Busch's number 51 drove to a dominant win. It was Busch's 51st truck win, tying him with Ron Hornaday for the most in series history. Sunday was a different story. A few different cup drivers saw their time on top, but when the date was done, it was Kyle Busch again in victory lane, notching his sixth Cup Series win of the season. The Xfinity Series had a thriller at Iowa Speedway on Saturday. Christopher Bell and Justin Allgaier got physical coming to the white flag, and Bell ended up coming out on top, scoring his third victory in a row. The Junior Motorsports Late Model Program ran North Carolina's historic Hickory Motor Speedway Saturday night, and it was JRM driver Sam Mayer who took the checkered flag. The Wisconsin driver led all 40 laps of the first feature to notch his first win with the team. Jagger Jones was JRM's top finisher in the second feature coming home fifth. Next up for the late models is the popular Cars Tour Throwback 276 at Hickory on August 4th. The Xfinity and Cup Series head to the Finger Lakes region of New York this week to do battle at Watkins Glen International. This has been your Exalta Race Center update. Exalta is the official paint partner of NASCAR, developing, manufacturing, and supplying coatings to all types of vehicles and industrial applications. For more on Exalta, please visit ExaltaCS.com. And we are back. TJ had to head out and go babysit. So Shocker. Just us two. Or us three, sorry. He had to babysit his own baby. <laughs> Here's the funny thing about this, though. 
His father-in-law is there. His mom is there, but he had to leave the show early to go put Stella down for a nap because she will only go to sleep for him. Oh, my bejesus. I mean, honestly, if I was a little kid, I'd soak it up, too. I'd only want my parents, and I would make sure of oh, so, if you're sleepy, job, guess Stella. If you're sleepy, guess what you do? You go to sleep. If you're hungry, guess what you do? See, you eat. I was complicated. This is what is wrong with kids today. Parents are overbearing on them. They need to let them find their own way, and they're starting at six months old. you have to give them attention. The grandmother and grandfather are at the house. I'm pretty sure that's enough attention. (laughs) Whatever. You can just bring the baby here next time. Be better off. Honestly, we can set up a crib crib in the studio and be set. As long as they don't spit up. I don't do well on babies spit Mm -hmm. up. Or if they poop up their back when they're teething. Is she teething? You have kids. What did you do? Not well. (laughs) Clearly. Not well at all. That spit up thing is disgusting. It smells horrible. You just wait. You pat them on their back, waiting on them to burp, and then they projectile vomit all over you. And you're like, oh, what just happened? This will be a little while, so don't worry. (laughs) We were at a fish camp, and Jovi was about one and a half. And I was like, Claudia, oh, my gosh. They have spilled honey mustard all down her back. And she looks at me and she goes, we're at a fish camp. They don't have honey mustard. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> you're going to have to help me take her to the bathroom. And I was like, no, nah, I ain't helping. That's horrible. Oh, my gosh. You're poor <laughs> so I walked through the fish camp with Joey held three feet off. <laughs> and she's going, you're making this really obvious. And I'm like, yeah, it is obvious. I don't want this honey mustard all over me. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I understand. I mean, Stella needs attention. So she can admit, oh, I'm not even going. Yep, there. exactly. It's exactly right, what's wrong. We are going to head into fast lane with just. I'll tell you Fred. what we're going to do. Oh, no. We're going to head into fast lane, and Jason is going to get his chance to be a co host. Yes! He's going Done. from producer to co host on the fly. We're going to get his perspective on some of this. Oh, this would be great. Don't let don't let Wasitis take over. So All right. State what? your opinion. Hey, Wasitis is a terrible d- disease to have. Disease. <laughs> disease. So I have to ding myself and ding Brett <laughs> and talk. So. All right, I'm not even going to explain what how this works. Uh, first one, Daniel Suarez, Alex Bowman, and William Byron all scored their best career finishes Sunday at Pocono. Who wins first among these three drivers? Jason. Wow. All right. I think Byron wins first. I was really big on him when he was in the Xfinity Series, how well he did, how well he did in the truck series. He's done pretty well this year. He's improved. He was leading laps. I think some strategy, something will get him to the front. He'll win a race. Could be a short track. Could be something soon. I'm not sure he makes the playoffs, but I think he wins before Suarez and Bowman. I think you're crazy. I'm a huge William Byron fan. I think his work ethic matches that of Jimmy Johnson in terms of how he approaches the race each week. But Suarez and Bowman have way more speed than than Byron. I honestly think Suarez wins the race yesterday, if not for for Kyle Busch, you know. And and so I think Suarez wins before these other two. And going into the season, I would have had Bowman winning before these two guys. So it's crazy how the the, the mark kind of moves throughout the year. You can't count him out, though. He did really well yesterday. I'm not counting out Alex Bowman. And I know you're kind of tied to him with y'all's big love triangle (laughs) that y'all have going on over there at the boat household. (laughs) But if you want to defend Alex, that's fine. I'm not saying Alex. No, I think Daniel has a great shot. I'm not too. saying Alex is a bad. And William. Anything. I mean, he's our past champion. No, no, no. I you got to own the love triangle thing. Oh, own it. Gosh. Do I get my final 30 seconds now? Yes, no. go for it. Uh, okay. <laughs> Bowman, I think he's strong, but I don't know if he's got the greatest tracks coming up. Maybe Phoenix. Phoenix. Oh. Coming in the fall. But I feel like at that point, there'll be some playoff guys really going for it then. So I'm yeah. not sure if yeah. he'll have the chance. But he might be in the playoffs still. We'll see. He Jason, right you, did, Jason line, right? you did really well with that. I know. There, you have a future in the sport. Thank you. You're better at things other than just that dinger. I know. I mean, he That's can't even specialty. get that right sometimes. <laughs> like, it's like 45 Thanks, seconds. Casey. I'm like, Jason. <laughs> I will say this, though. These are his questions. So if he doesn't yeah. know how to respond to his own mm-hmm. questions. True. Well, I never knew I'd had to answer them myself. Well, all right. It's your moment so. to shine. Talladega announced a $50 million renovation for the tracks infield and fan experience last week. Which track would you like to see make similar upgrades next? Oh, gosh, I could name a few. Well, here's the thing for me. It's every single track, and it's one upgrade. And we've said this multiple times. It's better cell phone service 
or Wi-Fi. I don't care if you spend a bazillion dollars, which quite honestly they are. Yesterday at the racetrack, my phone didn't work. And it is so annoying for parents, for fans, for media, for competitors, for anybody that has anything to do. And and I think that you can spend all the money you want, but the very first priority, which they told me it's a priority but not the first one, is cell phone usage at the racetrack. Period. I don't have a specific track I want to see make upgrades, but I want like the whole race experience. Like the Charlotte Knights, they have an awesome experience. You go to the game, it's not just the game. You have a bunch of restaurants, a bunch of beer places to get stuff around the stadium, and you enjoy, and you talk, and you hang out kind of thing, not just watch the event. So I think any racetrack that wants to do something like that, make it in more of an experience versus just sit in the stands and watch the race for three hours would be cool. Yeah, Indianapolis is is a track Oh, yeah. That the only thing nice that's there is the Pagoda and the Media Center, everything else. And it doesn't have that Fenway Stadium feel like, you know, what we have in Boston. It doesn't even have the feel that Darlington have has where, you know, you're kind of at a throwback track. It really feels like you're at a facility that needs a facelift. So outside the Wi-Fi, go to Indy and fix that place up. I will say to make up for it, they are doing a lot like with the race weekend. I think they have like Florida Georgia Line. Yeah, they have big the USAC concerts. race. So like they're making a good weekend of it. I'll say though, as I'm learning from the marketing side, as they're making these renovations, they're charging more for sponsors and they're making it more complicated. Like there's a track, I can't remember what track I went to. I mean, they were wouldn't let hot pass people get into a certain area because they wanted to charge to get to like, and it wasn't even open yet. It was just so dumb, but like they're making it more complicated and trying to make more money off of it. So I'm curious to see once these renovations are done, what the fee is to get to these specific areas to make up for it. Cause it's, it's a bit of a show right now. I'll tell you that. Shit show. I have to beat Casey. We can say, we can say shit show. We can't say show but we can say shisha i just That's talk right. apparently yeah. okay no, no I'm, I'm telling you we can say shisha oh, <laughs> that's Done. legal yep Done. the other one isn't right so anytime you want to say that just say shisha shisha right there we go not you're to gonna be, have to bleep a lot of that i know <laughs> not to be confused with shoe show <laughs> shisha shisha okay watkins glenn has had six consecutive different winners ambrose kyle bush almondinger logano hamlin and truex Will Sunday's race produce a seventh different winner? Jason? No, I think Trix wins again, or Kyle, actually, or Kyle Bush, because those guys have always been really strong at Watkins Glen. Trix won last year. Kyle's won there a lot. They're always really successful there. I don't think they're stopping the big three right now, and I think Trix will win again. I think Harvicker, I think Harvicker, Clint are going to be really tough to beat. And obviously, I'm on the Stuart Haas racing bandwagon, but I know how good those two guys are at road courses. And I know some of the challenges we faced at Sonoma. You overcome those, you get ready for the next one. Yes, Kyle is going to be fast. Truex is going to be fast. I feel like there's the big three, and then there's us just kind of teetering on it. And we just got to execute, pay a little a bit of attention to detail a little bit better. Uh, but, but I don't know, man. I, I think it's. I think it's great to see a new winner, so we'll see. It'd be cool to see someone random come out of nowhere and win Sunday, interrupt the big three, get a win, get in the playoffs. So. And totally screw up the playoffs. Yeah. Well, teams have to gamble, you know, yeah. and that's the hard thing right now is you look at the Alex Bowman, you look at Ricky Stenhouse, they can't afford to gamble because if they gamble and they lose, they lose the ability to transfer in via the point standings. However, a team that's outside of that top 18, somebody like Suarez, you know, he's not in that top 17-ish where it's the windows are really tight. Like he can afford to really gamble here to A, make up a lot of points, or B, to try to win the race. And if he does, he kicks out a guy like Bowman and puts pressure on a guy that's sitting 11th in points like Amarola. You know, like it, it, this is a wild card race for us. And, and I think anything can and may happen depending upon how the fuel strategy plays out. It's a fast road course. It's nothing like Sonoma. Should be interesting. Off the wall topic. Oh, this reminds me of your tweet. No. Which had a lot of comments, by the way. Sunday was National Chicken Wing Day, and Twitter debated whether flat or drum chicken wings were better. Which do you prefer? Early in life, I was a drumette guy. And I would order my wings, and I would say, drumette only. And they would be like, that's an extra dollar. <laughs> well, I hope to hell I have a dollar that I can <laughs> afford to get what I just told you I want. I told you I wanted all drums. You give me all drums, and I want a bunch of ranch dressing. What is a drumette guy? But later, it's like the little bitty chicken leg things, but it's not a chicken leg. 
It's a chicken drum, a drumette is what it's called. The flapper is the two bone piece of the wing. Okay. But I eventually learned how to eat flappers to where you pop the two bones apart and it almost makes it like a little lollipop. You just <laughs> <laughs> and then how the- do you learn this? Like wh- wh- how? I, I, Casey, I almost eat chicken wings every day. True story. I absolutely love chicken wings. I cook them all the time. I make them all the time. I order them all the time. I had chicken wings every day last week. <laughs> and and so early in life, I was a drum guy. Now it's a tie. Do you like chicken wings? I do like chicken wings. Bone in or bone out? <laughs> well, as your tweet said, there's, there's no, no such, such thing. thing. There's no such thing as a boneless chicken wing. Could you imagine what a boneless chicken would look like flying around? <laughs> <laughs> Here's my other favorite thing is when you go to eat wings and people say, I don't want to eat the drums. I don't eat dark meat. The dark meat is the chicken leg. The the chicken wing is all white. The drum and the flapper are both white meat. People are, it's amazing. You could probably write like an article on. I could. Chicken Chicken wings. wings. Chicken wings. Yes. My my favorite way to cook them at home is I got a smoker and I'll smoke them for an hour on 225. And then I'll pull them off the smoker and throw them on the gas grill and crispy them up. Mm-hmm. That way Sounds you're not, good. I mean, I love fried chicken wings. Don't get me wrong, but you're not, you're, you're saving 30, 40 calories a wing. If you grill them, he can bring some in for us next yeah, week. I'll just, just come to the house. All right. yeah. Why easier. don't we ever get invited on your vacations, by the way? Which vacations? You just went on one last week to Florida. I didn't go on vacation. I went down there for a meeting. You had kids Miami. there. Your kids there. My kids were in Nags Head. Oh. They were mm-hmm. on vacation. Well. We went to Miami. That's basically a vacation. DBC oh, vacation okay. would be great. Yeah. Let's do it. What, what was yours? I like the um, uh, flat wings better. Not a drum person. Why? I don't know. I just think they taste better. The drums some, sometimes have too much meat on them, and I just don't like a ton of that. Too much meat. How is that possible? I don't know. So when I was in college, chicken wings were super duper cheap because nobody wanted to eat the chicken wing. And then wings become this huge fad. They start wrapping it around football. Like nothing has been branded better in my life from a food perspective than chicken wings. Because when I was in college, it was 10 cent wing night because nobody wanted wings, you know, and now it's a dollar 25 cent a wing, you know, so it's crazy. To, <laughs> yeah, because you'll, you'll order $10 chicken wings, they'll bring you six and you're like, yeah, wow. that's what they do. You know? We get wings all the time. Do you like dry rub or do you like wet wings? Wet wings. Yeah. Like Asian zing or like hot <laughs> buffalo like or barbecue? Asian. Asian. Yeah. It's my style. Right. That's your style. That's getting your feels. <laughs> getting my feels. Yes. All right. Ask DVC. First one. Jason, you did good on that. Yeah. That's Thank you. Yeah. I'll be back next week when you, TJ has to babysit again. You make sure that you. Take this to your professor. I don't know if you even... When do you start school back? Three weeks. What classes are you taking this semester? Taking PR strategy, uh, principles of journalism kind of thing, a film class, and then another writing class. Okay. Well, I don't think that segment's going to help you with any of those. No. But you can really woo your professor and be like, look, look at what I'm doing. He wrote this, so that's a good one. Yeah. Technically. All that writing. Technically, you're learning more, and I'm being very serious when I tell you this. Yeah. Technically, you're learning more doing this podcast, and you're going to learn throughout anything you do in college. I agree. I don't remember anything I learned in college. Here's where college really screws you up. They don't tell you anything you actually need to know about (laughs) life. Like, hey, here's what you should be doing with your finances. Here's how you should work to pay off your student loan. This should be your debt-to-income ratio. It's like you go to college for four years and you come out and you spend all this money and you think you're smart and then you start a job and you're like, I didn't learn one damn thing that's going to help me. I learned how to pay for my friends because I was on the sorority. I wish I learned how to pay my taxes because I really needed to figure that part out. I learned nothing. Like, I yeah. can't remember That's anything. my point, that they don't do a good job of actually transitioning yeah. you into the real world and you get to your job and it's like yeah okay great here's how you're gonna do this yep. and you're like oh okay. hey that's why i started working here as a sophomore got three years of experience and then i'll be good yeah solid done good all right ro boykin asks when the driver is leaving their pit stall is it the spotter's responsibility to let them know if they were close to another car on pit road it is not the driver. I'm sorry. It is not the spotter's responsibility. We actually count them into their pit box. And then the crew chief who is watching the pit stop right there on top of them knows when the car is going to exit. He's watching to his right to see what car- cars are coming down pit road. And he tells the driver, clear all the way, clear one lane or clear two lanes. When they say clear one lane, it means you keep it extremely tight 
against the other cars that are sitting in their pit box. So when you see something happen where a driver pulls out, it either means, A, he shouldn't have pulled out. And sometimes a crew chief has to say, hang on a second. That's really hard to do because your your mind is set up to say, go, 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 go. Yeah. One lane, two lanes, or three lanes. But that's kind of that particular piece of information is not on the spotter. And you're probably he's probably so focused on the actual pit stop, too. Yeah. So interesting. Do you have anything to add there? Yes, I had Eric Amarola on my fantasy team this week, and then he got into it with Harvick, and it ruined my win in the series. Yeah, I mean, there's another team that that is extremely fast, capable of winning races. We saw Chicago. They won two stages. We saw Richmond, how he drove from the back to the front to win stage one. But they have to execute at the end of these races. He could have won loud, and he was winning the race uh, when there was a late race caution. He was leading the race when a late race caution came out. They didn't execute on pit road. They didn't execute on the restart. Like, these these teams are, are I'm telling you, man, Stuart Haas is as fast as anybody in the garage, us and JGR and, and obviously the, the 78. But when you get in those situations, it comes all the way down to execution, paying attention to details. One small mistake and you're out. Tommy Davis submitted with all the success that Ford has found this year. Do you think they will have the same issues as Chevy with their new nose next year? Tommy, I don't know, man. I mean, there's a lot of speculation that we're all going to composite bodies. That changes it a little bit, you know, and, and, and I think we don't know exactly how that changes it because it, it makes it to where the body hanging department doesn't have the freedom that they have now when they're building these cars. So it's a lot of unknowns. I mean, Chevy thought their nose was going to be better, and we're just now seeing it, you know, several months into the season, past halfway to where they're actually making progress from Hendrick's standpoint, from Childress' standpoint, uh, you know, Larson's obviously been up there contending, but I see McMurray up there closer to the front now. So that that's an unknown that we won't know until we get there. I don't think we expect it to be as good as we are this year, to be quite honest with you, but what a great surprise. E. Brill WX, interesting, asks, how does it get determined which spotter spots which section of the track when it comes to road courses? And does the section vary driver to driver? So the primary spotter is required to stand in a certain area and check in with NASCAR. Beyond that, it's really up to the spotter and the, and the driver and the crew chief as to where the other spotters go. Looking specifically at Watkins Glen, you need at least three spotters. Ideally, you have four. And even with four spotters, the carousel, which is the turn after the bus stop, is a completely blind corner from our perspective. We don't have anywhere we can put a spotter to see there. So we would have a spotter on the front stretch. We would have a spotter in the S's. We would have a spotter at the bus stop. And then if we have that fourth person available to us, we put them in turn 10. And that looks back up that straightaway coming out of the carousel where Hornish had such a horrific wreck. And if you're if you don't have a spotter there and they're coming out of the carousel blind, they can drive right into that accident. So you want to have a spotter there to say there's a crash. The track is blocked or there's a there's a crash. Go left, go right. That's all you really need to know at a, at a road course. And Elliot taught me this early in my career. Tell me if the track's blocked. Or tell me where I can go to not hit something. And that's just the way it is. How do you go pick your spotters, your other spotters for the races? For me, man, it's guys that I've used in the past. You know, if in the S's, it's not a real big passing zone, so it's not a place that you play the inside-outside game. It's exactly what we talked about. There's a wreck. Go left up here. So you're not looking for someone who is used to, to spotting races the way that TJ and I do. Uh, but for honestly, man, it, it's it's taking guys that have listened to a lot of races. Somebody like a bus driver. I'll use Clint's bus driver this weekend in the S's. I'll use Elliot's bus driver, Will, this weekend at the bus stop. And, and it's a chance for those guys just to come contribute. And you'll have to coach them up a little bit because they hadn't done it in a year, you know. But uh, it, it's crew guys. You know, they're, they're race fans. I mean, there have been guys back in the day that literally went and grabbed fans that were drinking beer out of the stands <laughs> and go, hey, man, I need you to help me today. Uh, but it's not that way anymore. It'd be so cool if it still was. Though. I know. Casey could spot. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. There's a car on the road. Oh. Oh. I think I would get my rights and my left. Guys. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, sorry. Wrong way. I struggle with that. Guys, guys, I think we're not okay. <laughs> You need to give me a little bit more credit, cause I pushed the car the other day. You did? I had to push Chad's midget out. Nice. I'll never do it again. <laughs> I'm not one of those girlfriends. Oh my gosh! Like, there's such a big crash over here. <laughs> Watch out! Watch out! <laughs> I think that's a caution. <laughs> Buckle up for safety. Uh. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess I will never be swatting. No. <laughs> Um, anything you want to rant about? I actually saw something in ARCA this week 
that I think NASCAR needs to take to. Oh. I got excited. And I got excited because, you know, here's ARCA. They're, they're the big race for today. They're on Friday at, at Pocono. And they had a guy come over the PA system. And he said, all drivers report to the stage. People got excited. They started clapping. They started cheering. Like, we have all this PA nonsense going on. And they're giving away this award and that award. When And, and I've noticed it in rain delays before. But it's never really popped in my mind for whatever reason to do it. Like, short tracks do it. Which is announced to the drivers, come to the stage. Yeah. It's time to get going. So, after our rain delays, you know, they'll say that. All drivers, report to your cars. And fans start clapping because they know it's almost time to race. I want to see us. I want to see our PA guys, you know, 32 minutes before the race is getting ready to start. We know that even if they're already at driver intros, say it anyway. All drivers report to the stage. Like, I felt like that was a really good precursor for the event. So all you track promoters that are listening, you know, you Chip Wiles, you Kerry Tharps, all you guys that sometimes I hurt your feelings, sometimes I make you feel good. Right now. I'm telling you, all drivers report to the stage made me excited. If it made me excited, I know damn good well it made the fans excited. I like it. I like it. That's yeah. a really good idea. So TJ is not here. He told me his pick, though. So if he told you his pick, he's got to go first because he lost again. All right. As TJ, I'm picking. Did you see his? <laughs> he was like 39, 38, yeah, 40. Yeah. <laughs> not doing. He had a bad stretch. He's in trouble. Yeah. He really is. Like, he, Who won last year? I've won every year. Yeah, Brett oh. has yet to lose. Yeah. So I'm up by three, and, and, and I might easily win this weekend, or I might easily lose because we still have to race. I mean, that's the fun part about competing, right? Uh, but I'll let Jason tell right. us who TJ's picking. TJ is picking Michael McDowell. And I thought he was going to pick McDowell. I mean, his only other play outside of McDowell was Chris Busher, who is a decent road course guy and teammates to A.J. Allmendinger. So you got to think he'd have a chance to maybe be pretty good. Uh, but he doesn't have anybody else to pick from. Like, he can't pick William Byron because Byron's never been here in a cup car. William's a great race car driver. He's a guy that I'd pick at a Bristol or somewhere. But you can't pick him at, at Watkins Glen. So, TJ's – he's backed in the corner on this deal. He really only has Suarez left. And I've got a few more guys that I think are going to win races. But I'm going to go with, obviously, the guy that I didn't pick in, in earlier in the year, which is Amendinger. you got to give him a shot to go out. And if he doesn't self-destruct, he will finish top ten. But he's been the self-destruct king the last several road course races, especially at Sonoma. So I, I just hope that he keeps his wits about him and doesn't try too hard. That's the thing. When you're that talented at, at a particular thing in your life, you kind of don't have to go 100% to still be good. So if he can go at 90 92% until the end and, and just not tear his transmission out and not screw his rear end gear up, not you know knock the fenders off the car racing somebody being dumb, he has a chance to do something good and he needs it. You should make sure he's listening. Tell him. If I spotted for him, that's what I would text him or that's what I would tell him. You know, I don't I don't have a lot of conversations with Elliot and Clint because they're veterans. Yeah. And, and I'll occasionally give them my two cents and they don't usually listen. But mm -hmm. a guy like Maya, you know, I called him last week and said, hey, Pocono, this is what I think is going to be extremely important for us this weekend. Uh, because Myatt's new to, you know, the NASCAR Touring Series. Obviously, he's a very experienced and, and successful race car driver. But when you go to these places – it's easy to kind of not know exactly what everybody's thinking. And that, that's the other thing. they got so many voices in their heads telling them what they need to do and not do. But AJ just needs to run at 90%. He doesn't need to try to be a hero because sometimes you end up being a zero. Do we do anything for the playoffs, like a cool, different what do you want to do? Game. We should figure out something creative. Switch it up a little bit. What do you want to do? They'll yeah. reset the, all the drivers for the playoffs, though, so they have everyone to pick from. But we could work some of that. What? I don't know. We'll think about it. You can't present a problem without a solution. <laughs> well, I just, they don't tell you that in college either. I Jason. have a tendency right. of thinking what in my, what's in my head, like saying it. So that was just something that came up. I love when people I work with come to me and go, oh, I got a problem. Okay, what's the solution? Well, well, I don't know. Well, why the hell did you bring me a problem? No, it was just a, an idea. Like, if anybody has an idea, feel free to tweet it. Maybe we'll use it. Tweet it. Tweet it. Tweet it. Done. Uh, Watkins Glen, you're going? N no, I'm not going. No. I think I stay in Elmira. We used to stay in Ithaca, and I love that town. College town. We stayed at Elmira. We used to stay at a house there. Ithaca has Cornell and Ithaca. Nope. Those are both, like, really smart schools that I couldn't have got into. Uh but Elmira's kind of cool town. It's so nice. The lake's really pretty. There's that place you can hike. I love Watkins Glen, mm -hmm. the town, the little bitty town right by the lake, yep. you know, yep. and it's it's so awesome, but it's so not convenient because yeah. we don't stay anywhere near there. There's nowhere you can stay. No. I almost died in Watkins Glen. Why? 
I got hit by a Mack truck. What? Was, we were driving and the Mack truck ran, ran us. Yeah. What? I don't like that area very much. <laughs> Dang. It was so scary. Were you okay? I was okay. But my head hurt the rest of the weekend. I had to go to the info care center. Wow. That's crazy. It was a, he was really nice, thankfully. But like it's such a small town and they're all one lane roads. And yeah. you could not. I mean, the whole back of the car was destroyed. I will say this. And I'm changing the subject because I don't, I don't like talking about wrecks. But the state park in Watkins Glen is gorgeous. So nice. I have my favorite picture from like any track that I've ever been I feel like I'm in a different country. You go in like this cave with these waterfalls. <laughs> yeah. And it's probably about a mile and a half walk. So it's not nice. crazy steep. No. You know, I mean, obviously you can't go in there if you're disabled. But if you're 50 and out of shape, you'll, fi- you'll be fine. You know, you go at your own pace. It is so pretty in you there. You get distracted because it's so nice. Like, yeah. you don't realize you feel like you're, you're in a different country yeah. almost. Oh, love it. Very secluded. Yeah, so very nice. pretty. The fans on the infield at Watkins Glen are amazing. They sell as many camping spots as probably anywhere we go. Very, very, very well-kept secret about how much fun that infield is. They party all weekend. They're probably already there now <laughs> yep. partying. And I think that's what our sport has going for it over other sports is we, we have three to four days of parties. You know, at our events, football games are awesome. You tailgate mm-hmm. for four hours, you go to the game for four hours, you Done. go home. Our fans come out for all weekend. Yeah, it is really cool. And they're so nice in walking. Yeah. It's the, the people... best family time. I mean, it's why I love the sport. I was four years old, went to my first race and and loved, obviously not the racing at four years old, but loved the ability to get out there and throw the football and play with other kids and camp out and roast marshmallows. And, and I feel like families don't always take the time now to do that with their children. And, and I'm telling you, rent a camper. Yeah. Buy a tent. Take your ass to a racetrack. It's great family the fun. The tracks do an awesome job of making it an experience for like everyone. Pocono did like a concert. They, it's a whole weekend. Yeah. And here's the thing the about our fans. They're the most trustworthy people ever. If you had a cooler of beer and it had 27 beers in it, you could leave it for two days and come back and, and it's going to have be 27 beers. You could have your car with a million dollars in a briefcase sitting right there in the seat and for some reason, nobody would open the door and take that suitcase. Like our fans at the racetrack, if you think about hundreds of thousands of people that are at a racetrack every single weekend that we go to, you don't really ever see fights. You don't ever see arrest. You don't ever see rage. You don't ever see thefts. Like our fans are good people. And they are supporting their driver, like the shirts, the shorts, the Draws, shoes. Yep. Everything. Socks. Everything. Some Bras. people aren't wearing shirts, but they have them tattooed on their stomach. So they shave numbers in the head. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's who I need to help me spot at Watkins Glen. One of those guys. Well, yeah. If you're one of those guys, you reach out. Yeah, holla at me. It's been <laughs> real. Thanks for listening. Thank you, One Main and Exalta. As always, my phone says that thinks I said, "Hey Siri." No, I said, "Thanks for listening." I hate Siri. Get her off later. All right. All right. See have y'all. a great We're week. Out. Holla. You've been listening to Door Bumper Clear, brought to you by One Main. For updates on Elliott Sadler and the number one junior motorsports team, go to OneMainRacing.com. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.